Hi guys, and welcome back to Murder and Mysteries with Megan. I just wanted to start out by saying welcome if you are new here, and if you are not new here, thank you for coming back. Um, make sure to hit that subscribe button and notification bell so that you're notified every time that I upload a new video. I did want to also make a quick disclaimer that all the cases that I cover are for educational um, purposes only, and some of them may not be suitable for younger audiences, including this one. So anyways, without further ado, let's get started. First thing I'm going to talk about is Susan Smith. Um, she was the mother of two young boys, Michael and Alexander. Um, she was married to a man named David Smith. So you've got um, Susan Lee Smith. She was the mother of Alex and Michael. And then you have David Smith, who she was estranged from at the time of the occurrence, um, who was also the father of the two boys. There were a couple other people involved in this case, so I want to go ahead and tell you about them first before we get started into everything that transpired. So the other people that are briefly involved in this case um, are Beverly Russell, which is Susan Smith's stepfather, um, Linda Russell, which is Susan Smith's mother, and then you have Tom Finley. Um, she, he briefly dated Susan Smith as well, um, but he always denied that there was anything serious going on between the two of them. So... On October 25th of 1994, reports began to arise of two missing little boys. Um, this occurred in Union, South Carolina. Um, the two boys, Michael and Alexander, um, Michael was actually only three years old and Alexander was 14 months old. Susan Smith had claimed that she had been hijacked um, and her car had been taken by a African-American male with a gun who jumped in her car and said, go and drive where I tell you to drive. So that's how where this all started out. About nine days later, finally, after searching for the boys, after having many interviews on the news, um, things like that, Susan Smith actually admitted to murdering her two young boys and that she was actually guilty of their deaths. So now that we've looked at kind of the summary of the story, let's take a look at the timeline of things to see where what led up to this horrific crime, the court case, media interviews, and a little bit of the background on Susan Smith herself. So Susan Smith was born um, on September 26, 1971 in Union, South Carolina. So she's been living there her whole entire life. She had quite a few mental health issues um, and suicide attempts in her life. In fact, her first reported attempt of suicide was when she was 13 years old. Susan Smith's health issues actually stem from a poor, poor home environment. Her father, Henry Vaughn, um, was reportedly an alcoholic who would abuse her and her mother. He would come home, he would accuse her mother, Linda, of being unfaithful to him, and it would lead to an abusive outburst um, and a physical altercation between the mother and father. And of course, Susan Smith is growing up watching all of this stuff happen. It's continued to get worse in her parents' relationship. Her parents, Harry and Linda, decided that it was probably time that they get a divorce. Things weren't getting any better. They continued to stay the same. He was still drinking. Nothing was working between them. So um, they finally finalized their divorce in 1977. And in January of 1978, um, Susan's father was very depressed due to the divorce and everything. And he was said to be devastated over losing his family. This actually led to him taking his own life. So Susan at this time was only six years of age and she was really close to her dad. So of course, you know, this really screwed her up as far as, you know, feeling like people were going to abandon her. You know, it led to a lot of issues in her life. Um, the only thing that Susan actually had left uh, from her father was a coin collection and a tape recording of his voice. So this is all she had left of her father, who she was extremely close to. Um, and so, of course, as a six-year-old little girl, she doesn't quite understand what's going on and why her father 
isn't there anymore and that's all she has left of him. So this, of course, had a massive effect on Susan as she was growing up and caused more pain and depression in her childhood. So by the time that she was 13, as I previously mentioned, this was her first attempt of suicide on her own life. Um, her parents' tumultuous relationship and her father's suicide were unfortunately not the only things that Susan actually had to go through in her young life. After Susan Smith's mother and father got a divorce and her father unfortunately committed suicide, Linda actually started seeing a new man. His name was Beverly Russell. This man was supposed to be, you know, a good person in the community. He was supposed to be, you know, uplifting towards Susan. He was supposed to love her. He was supposed to protect her and be her stepfather. And unfortunately, the exact opposite happened. He actually started molest molesting Susan Smith. Whenever she was around 15 or 16 years old, um, she reported the first incident of the molestation. Her first report against her stepfather was to the Department of Social Services, as well as she came out to her mom and said, you know, that he had been molesting her. However, unfortunately, the abuse still continued. You know, her mother had initially decided, hey, I'm going to go ahead and separate from Beverly and listen to what Susan said. But then, you know, just a little while later, she ended up going back to Beverly and things never stopped. The abuse continued well until into adulthood for Susan um, by Beverly Russell. So, of course, this on top of everything else that she's gone through has really messed up, you know, her mental stability. So when she was a senior in high school, she um, again tried to report Beverly for the abuse that he was taking out on her. Unfortunately, D when DSS asked her if she wanted to press charges, she wouldn't move forward with the charges. Um, and so, yet again, the abuse continued. Um, between 18, 1988 and 1989, after she graduated high school, Susan again attempted to take her own life. This was the second time that this happened. This particular attempt was actually due to um, a relationship that she had had, not working out with a married man that she was actually having an affair with. In addition to having this affair with a married man, Susan reportedly had two other affairs that were going on at this time. One which was still with her stepfather, Beverly Russell. Another relationship that she had was with a younger co-worker of hers um, from the same store that she and the married man both worked for. So these were all co-workers that she was having an affair with and her stepfather. Things didn't turn out so well. So she actually had become pregnant during this time and due to seeing a few different men, there was question um, about who the father was. She was sleeping with multiple men, um, but instead of having the child, Susan decided to have an abortion. So a couple of years after the affairs that Susan Smith had been having um, and she ended up pregnant having the abortion, she meets her husband, David Smith. Um, they get together and they end up getting married March 17th of 1991. Unfortunately, the timing wasn't necessarily the best. Just 11 days before they got married, David's brother had actually passed away due to Crohn's disease. So due to this, David's parents were really struggling and were having a lot of issues themselves. So um, that following May, after they got married, David's father attempted to take his own life. Um, at the same time, his mother moved away to get away from, I guess, all of the issues. So everything that's happened at this point is kind of the same thing that's been happening in Susan's life up until this point. All of the drama, the mental health issues, and everything else that's happened. In October of that year, in 1991, the two actually welcomed their first son, Michael Daniel Smith. Michael was born on October 15th of 1991. Um, the two of them having issues already, of course, they hoped that this would help their relationship and their marriage. But unfortunately, having a child, adding the extra expenses of having a child, 
only intensified the issues between the two of them. Unfortunately, Susan was one of these people that she was very materialistic and it didn't matter about money. And David was a little bit more on the stricter side of things. And so because of their financial struggles, he couldn't give all of those things to Susan, which caused even more issues between the two of them. So they actually decided to um, split up after Susan decided to talk to her mother about their marriage, about what was going on. And then Linda decided to put her two cents in and say how they should be acting towards one another, how they should be parenting their child. All of these things just culminated and led to the point of them actually separating in March of 1992. David and Susan's marriage was continuing to fall apart. And unfortunately, that's why they decided to separate. Um, they actually were separated for quite a few months um, during this time, and they were reportedly working on their marriage. However, it came out that Susan was actually seeing a former boyfriend of hers at the time that she was supposed to be working this out with David. Later on, fast forward a couple months, and Susan is actually pregnant with their second child. Um, this was Alexander. When the couple found out that they were going to have another child, of course, this gave them the incentive, like, I want to work on our marriage. Let's try this again. Let's see what happened. Maybe we can make it work this time for our sons. So, of course, they decided they were going to buy a house together and just add more expenses. Great idea. Well, of course, as you can tell, sarcasm from my voice, that wasn't the case. Um, this continued to just make things worse between the two of them, adding another child to the mix, adding another house and having a mortgage and just everything else that was had been going on in the relationship thus far. So Susan continues to become more distant in their relationship and it actually led to David actually having an affair this time. On August 5th of 1993, Alexander was born. The couple's marriage, unfortunately, only lasted about three weeks after he was born. After deciding to call it quits on their marriage, uh, three weeks after um, Alexander was born, it looked like the two were going to go ahead and continue to work together to co-parent the two boys. This is the way that everything seemed to have been going on the outside. Um, however, Susan then decided to leave the job that her and David actually had worked at together. Decided to start working at a company called Conso Products. This is actually where she met Tom Finley. Now... Tom Finley was a very well-known, well-off bachelor in the Union, South Carolina area. Everyone wanted to date him, and he was one of the most eligible bachelors in the area for all the single women. Um, Susan and Tom just started this on-again, off-again relationship that they would have. It seemed, however, that Susan was a little bit more infatuated with Tom. Um, she, of course, desperately wanted things to work out with Tom. In fact, Tom actually had told Susan that he didn't want anything serious, that he was just having fun, that he didn't want anything more between the two of them. He also had stated that, you know, she had a promiscuous nature and that she had children and that wasn't something that he was interested in having in a relationship, not even just with her, but just in any relationship. He didn't want kids that were not his to take care of, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it come to find out Susan actually later admitted that while she was seeing Tom Finley, she was also seeing three other men. So Susan revealed that she was actually still continuing to have a relationship sexually with Beverly Russell on again and off again with David Smith. Um, and she was actually claiming to have relationship with Tom Finley and his father. So she was having a relationship with her stepfather. 
She was having a relationship with Tom Finley and Tom Finley's father and her ex-husband. These were the four men that she was seeing at this time. So it was pretty crazy. <laughs> the people that she was sleeping with this at this time, which in turn, that kind of gave the explanation about why Tom Finley had told her that she was promiscuous. And this just wasn't something that he was interested in pursuing a serious relationship with her. Now, out of all of these four men that Susan Smith claimed to be having relations with, the only one that actually denied having relations with Susan was Tom Finley's father. Around 1994, in the month of March, Susan and Tom actually quit seeing one another. Tom stated later in a testimony during the court case that David had told him to stay away from Susan. And he actually avoided her until he found out that Susan and David were getting a divorce and that it was going to be finalized in September of that year. The month later, in October, um, on October 15th, he actually invited Susan over to a hot tub party at his dad's house. During this party, Tom actually started flirting with another woman. This actually in turn made Susan Smith extremely jealous. And so she started flirting with another man who was married at that same party that Tom had invited her to. This is kind of what led to the demise and the finalization of Tom and Susan's relationship. After all of this transpired, Tom wanted nothing to do with her. Um, the fact that she was going to do this with a married man. So they had multiple conversations about this back and forth, back and forth. Susan trying to convince Tom to give it another shot, give her another shot, the relationship, you know, she wasn't ready for things to be over. So of course that's what she was doing was begging him not to end things. Um, at this point, Tom had pretty much had enough, and so he told her he wanted nothing more to do with her and that the relationship was going to be over. So on October 17th, Tom wrote Susan a letter. Susan was reportedly very emotional after getting this letter and was very distraught after reading this. So I actually have a copy of the letter that Tom Finley wrote to Susan. It was actually an email and I'm going to go ahead and read that over to you guys now. So in the letter that Tom Finley wrote to Susan, um, it's quite a long letter, so I may actually just point key points out um, as it scrolls across the screen for you guys. Dear Susan, I hope you don't mind, but I think clearer when I'm typing. So this letter is being written on my computer. This is a difficult letter for me to write because I know how much you think of me, and I want you to know that I'm very flattered that you have such a high opinion of me. Susan, I value our friendship very much. You are one of the few people on this earth that I feel that I can tell anything to. You are intelligent, beautiful, sensitive, understanding, and possess many wonderful qualities that I and many other men appreciate. You will, without a doubt, make some man a great wife. But unfortunately, that won't be me. Even though you think we have very much in common, we are vastly different. We have been raised in two totally different environments, and therefore, think totally different. That's not to say that I was raised better than you or vice versa. It just means that we come from two different backgrounds. He then goes on to talk about um, a woman that he dated named Laura. He was talking about the differences in their backgrounds and how much issues that they kept caused for him and her in their relationship. He then goes on to say, Susan, I could really fall for you. You have so many endearing qualities about you, and I think you're the, that you're a terrific person. But like I told you before, there are some things about you that just aren't suited for me. And yes, I am speaking about your children. I am sure that your kids are good kids, but it really wouldn't matter how good they may be. The fact is, I just don't want children. These feelings may change one day, but I doubt it. With all of the crazy mixed up things that take place in this world today, I just don't have the desire to bring another life into it. And I don't want to be responsible for anyone else's children either. 
but I'm very thankful that there are people like you who are not as selfish as I am and don't mind bearing the responsibility of children. If everyone thought the way that I do, our species would eventually become extinct. But our differences go far beyond the children issue. We are just two totally different people and eventually those differences would cause us to break up because I know myself so well, I am sure of this. Tom then goes on to say, but don't be discouraged. There's someone out there for you. In fact, it's probably someone that you may not know at this time or that you may know, but you would never expect. Either way, before you settle down with anyone again, there's something you need to do. Susan, because you got pregnant and married at such an early age, you missed out on much of your youth. I mean, one minute you were a kid and the next minute you were having kids. Because I come from a place where everyone had the desire and the money to go to college, having the responsibility of children at such a young age is beyond my comprehension. Anyway, my advice to you is to wait and be very choosy about your next relationship. I can see this may be difficult for you because you are a bit boy crazy. But as the proverb states, good things come to those who wait. He goes on to say a few other things. And then he addresses what happened over the weekend. Susan, I'm not mad at you about what happened this weekend. Actually, I am very thankful. As I told you, I was starting to let my heart warm up to the idea of us going out as more than just friends. But seeing you kiss another man put things back into perspective. I remembered how I hurt Laura and won't let those things happen again. And therefore, I cannot let myself get close to you. We will always be friends, but our relationship will never go beyond that friendship. Everyone is held accountable for their actions, and I would hate for people to perceive you as an unreputable person. If you want to catch a nice guy like me one day, you have to act like a nice girl. And you know, nice girls don't sleep with married men. Besides, I want you to feel good about yourself, and I'm afraid that if you sleep with B. Brown or any other married man, for that matter, you will lose your self-respect. So that's a big portion of what the letter says. Um, he ends the letter by saying, again, you will always have my friendship and your friendship is one that I will always look upon with sincere affection. Tom. Despite Tom's best efforts to end things with Susan, unfortunately, she decided that she was going to give last attempts to try to salvage this relationship with Tom Finley um, on October 25th. So first she goes to the Conso plant and that's where she tells him that her stepfather had molested her as a child and that this was still going on, that she slept with his dad. And again, she tried later that day at the office and tried to take back his Auburn University sweatshirt to him. The reason that she says she was going to give his sweatshirt back to him is because she may not see him again, um, according to other later testimony. Um, realizing that... None of this is working. Susan freaked out after Tom said, you know what, just keep the sweatshirt. I'm done with our relationship. I don't want anything more from you. And this is what led ultimately to the decision that Susan Smith made that day to take two tiny, helpless, innocent lives from this world that depended on her as a mother. After Susan spoke with Tom that afternoon and he said that he wanted nothing more to do with her, this, of course, made Susan reportedly very distraught. 
Um, later that evening, she went, she picked up the two boys, strapped them into their car seats, and said that she was going to go take a drive around. Um, this resulted in, a few hours later, her running to a home close to John D. Long Lake, screaming for help and crying hysterically. She told the couple whose house that she had run to that an African-American male had just carjacked her and taken her two sons, and she didn't know where they went to please help her. So she said that the events that led up to this was that when she was driving around for those couple of hours, that she had stopped at a red light um, and that he had jumped into her burgundy Mazda. He pulled out a gun, placed it to her ribs, and told her to drive. She claimed that she was able to get out of the vehicle um, after they drove around for a while, but that the man actually drove off with Alex and Michael in the backseat of the vehicle. She ran to the nearest house, sobbing and crying for help. The family called 911. Did he have any weapons, gun, anything? He's got a gun. He's got a gun. Yes, ma'am. For nine days after this occurrence, Susan and David both would go on multiple interviews begging for some sort of answers for someone to let them know where their boys were. If they were safe, please bring them home. This is what they were doing for nine days before Susan came out and admitted the truth. To the guy, to the man, me and my wife plead to him to please return our children to us safely and unharmed. We love our children very much and we want them returned to us safe and safe. for them and that they are being taken care of and that they are safe and that they will return home safely. I want to say to my baby <laughs> that your mama loves you so much and your daddy and his whole families love you so much. <laughs> And you guys have got to be strong because you are, which I just know, I just feel in my heart that you're okay. After nine days of lying to David, the police, and all of America, Susan finally broke down and admitted that she was not, in fact, carjacked and that she herself drove her car down to John D. Long Lake with her boys strapped in the back seat and allowed her two precious young boys along with the vehicle to sink to the bottom of the lake. Now the issue with this confession is that Susan Smith seemed to wait to admit to killing the two young boys until her alibi and her story started to become unraveled. The police officers told her that they did not believe what she had told them. Um, about the red light and being carjacked due to the fact that the light on Monarch Hill Mills Road, um, which is the red light she claimed to be sitting at when she got carjacked, the only way that that would turn red is if there was another vehicle that was coming from the opposite direction, i.e. giving witnesses. But there were never any witnesses that were at the crime that could corroborate that she was indeed carjacked. So he straight up told her, I don't believe you. This wouldn't have happened. So this is when things started to unravel for Susan. Now, another reason that the police officers did not quite believe Susan Smith and her story is that in the beginning of the investigation and looking for the boys, they actually took polygraph tests, both Susan and David. David passed his polygraph exam. Susan Smith's came back inconclusive. They've told NBC that there were inconsistencies in your stories. Do you know what inconsistencies uh, they were referring to? Uh, no, ma'am, I really do not know that. After Susan Smith, um, the story came out, she admitted that she had killed her two young sons. Um, she actually wrote a letter stating the events that happened on October 25th of 1994. She wrote this letter on November 3rd after admitting the truth. 
This is the letter. When I left my home on Tuesday, October 25th, I was very emotionally distraught. I didn't want to live anymore. I felt like things couldn't get any worse. When I left home, I was going to ride around a little while and then go to my mom's. As I rode and rode and rode, I felt even more anxiety coming upon me and not wanting to live. I felt I couldn't be a good mom anymore, but I didn't want my children to grow up without a mom. I felt I had to end our lives to protect us from any grief or harm. I had never felt so lonely and so sad in my entire life. I was in love with someone very much, but he didn't love me and never would. I had a very difficult time accepting that, but I had hurt him very much, and I could see that he could no, never love me. When I was at John D. Long Lake, I had never felt so scared and unsure as I did then. I wanted to end my life so bad and was in my car ready to go down that ramp into the water. And I did go part way, but I stopped. I went again and I stopped. I then got out of the car and stood by the car, a nervous wreck. Why was I feeling this way? Why was everything so bad in my life? I had no answers to these questions. I dropped to the lowest when I allowed my children to go down that ramp into the water without me. I took off running and screaming. Oh God, oh God, no, what have I done? Why did you let this happen? I knew it was too late. I was an absolute mental case. I couldn't believe what I had done. I love my children with all of my heart. That will never change. I have prayed to them for forgiveness and hope that they will find it in their heart to forgive me. I never meant to hurt them. I am sorry for what has happened, and I know that I need some help. I don't think I will ever be able to forgive myself for what I have done. My children, Michael and Alex, are with our Heavenly Father now, and I know they will never be hurt again. As a mom, that means more than words could ever say. I knew from day one the truth would prevail, but I was so scared. I didn't know what to do. It was very tough emotionally to sit and watch my family hurt like they did. It was time to bring a peace of mind to everyone, including myself. My children deserve to have the best, and now they will. I broke down on Thursday, November 3rd, and told Sheriff Howard Wells the truth. It wasn't easy. But after the truth was out, I felt like the world was lifted off my shoulders. I know now that it's going to be a tough and long road ahead of me. At this very moment, I don't feel that I will be able to handle what's coming. But I have prayed to God that he will give me the strength to survive each day and to face these times and situations in my life that will be extremely painful. I have put my total faith in God and he will take care of me. Susan V. Smith, 11-3-1994 at 5.05 p.m. A short time later, after Susan Smith's confession, police, divers, and searchers found her Mazda 122 feet from shore. Police officers and divers had actually already searched the lake. However, they did not go out far enough um, the first time that they searched the lake, so they didn't find the vehicle. Her red Mazda protege was found upside down in the lake with the two boys still strapped inside of their car seats. One of the little boys was said to have had his little hand pressed against the window when they pulled the car from the lake. Um, this was one of the eyewitness accounts from one of the divers. After Susan Smith was taken into custody, Sheriff Howard Wells announced in a press conference that she had been charged with two counts of murder. Susan Smith has been arrested and will be charged with two counts of murder in connection with the deaths of her children, Michael, three, and Alexander, 14 months. The vehicle, a 1990 Mazda driven by Smith, was located late Thursday afternoon in Lake John D. Long near Union. Two bodies were found in the vehicle's back seat. Identities are pending an autopsy. The whole nation, of course, was in shock that a mother could do this to her only two children and that she could take the lives of her precious sons. And she did this, it looked like, for a man who didn't even want to be with her. 
So that was pretty crazy and had the whole country in uproar over that. There was, of course, a lot of tension as well in the black communities due to the fact that Susan Smith had tried to blame the carjacking and the missing children on a black African-American male. So the nation was filled with outrage, disbelief, and anger towards Susan Smith at this time because of her lies, her deceit. Um, she had been on multiple interviews begging for them to bring her sons home unharmed and for them to be okay. Um, this, of course, ended up bringing even more media coverage to this case because of all the controversy behind it. She, she needs a psychiatrist. She needs something worse than that. I, I've never heard anything like this. This is the worst way that Union County could ever be brought on the news. It hurts to know that somebody would do that to a young baby. They're always accusing black people of doing things that they do themselves. Anytime you say black man and white woman, it's all over. You know, I mean, that's my, my opinion. Anytime you say a black man, that's it. And that's why we are, a lot of us are single now. All of our men are locked up. Some of them are innocent. She wouldn't have testified that she done it. They still would be looking for this suspect. And she could, you know, have got away with it. I feel like the reason that she did that was because it was an easy way. Um, whenever Susan was tried, there were actually two cases at this time for her. The first was determining whether she was guilty or not guilty. And the second would be her sentencing if she was found guilty. Qualifies as a death penalty case under South Carolina law. We have a number of ag aggravating circumstances that would allow it to be a death penalty case. But again, it's my policy to not just shoot from the hip until I've seen all the facts. I haven't read all the reports. as I understand it, is waiving the bond hearing at this time. Based on uh, the uh, representations of counsel, then uh, Ms. Smith will remain in the custody of law enforcement and remain in detention until there's further motions brought before this court. Um, during the first trial, it was set for July 17th of 1995. The state argued that Susan killed her sons due to heartbreak over Tom Finley. That she was distraught over this, which actually her letter corroborated this. Um, and he even corroborated this on the stand, mentioning that when he saw her um, on October 25th of 1994, that she had seemed that way as well. Um, after this, she decided to get rid of her two boys, not wanting them to be a problem in the relationship with Tom Finley. Um, this is a big reason is why he didn't believe things would ever work with her, you know, any more than a friendship as we covered in the letter earlier. So this is what the state was arguing against Susan Smith, that she did this just because she had this relationship and this affair with a man who didn't want children. Um, and that, meanwhile, her side were stating, look, she didn't do this to get rid of her two boys just for a man. She was mentally unstable. She wasn't, you know, thinking right. She was suicidal that night. She didn't want the boys to have to live without their mother. And that this was just a failed attempt on her own life. So you've got the two sides that are arguing. During the trial, there were many people that were called to testify against Susan. One of the people that were called to testify on Susan's behalf was actually Beverly Russell, which was her stepfather, who had sexually abused her for a good portion of her life. Um, he even testified that they had been together even up to two months prior to the boy's deaths. Um, he stated in court that he felt guilty that he played a part um, in Susan's mental instability. And that he feels like he's partially to blame for the pain that she was going through and the boys being gone. Um, in fact, he read a letter which he had written um, Susan on Father's Day 
prior to court, which he had actually said he was utterly failing when it came to Susan needing the right kind of love. He also said to her, I want you to know that you do not have all the guilt in this tragedy. My heart breaks for what I've done to you. Had I known what the result of my sins would be, I would have mustered the strength to behave according to my responsibilities. Now, so you had Beverly Russell that was testifying on Susan's behalf. On the other side of things, you had David Smith, who was testifying against Susan and everything that had transpired within those days that the boys were missing and everything else leading up to it. Um, in fact, they one of the most powerful moving things that happened in trial was they actually reenacted the car sinking to the bottom of John D. Long Lake. And this is what really really got to the jurors. Um, it's, they said that it was entirely and eerily quiet within the courtroom while the video was being played. Um, they actually filmed this from the perspective of the little boys and what they would have been seeing strapped in in the back seat of the car. Um, they actually timed this and according to the reenactment, it would have taken six whole minutes for the car to sink. That six minutes that she had to do something and to change her mind and to get her voice out of that car, call for help, anything, but she didn't. Now, jurors mentioned that this was incredibly impactful um, and it was very eerie when they showed the video. Um, of course, like I mentioned, it was very quiet in the courtroom while everyone was sitting watching this video and how long it took and thinking how long the boys had to cry and scream for help and be in fear for their lives. This really, really, really got to the jury. Um, and instead of her running from away, screaming, oh God, oh God, what happened? Making up this story of events that happened. Why didn't she run to the nearest home and say, call for help. My car is sinking. Help my sons. They're in the car. Help me. Help me. Instead of lying and making up this big, huge story about events that transpired that night that weren't true. But after going over all the details, more information and testimonies and multiple parties in the verdict phase of the trial, it was concluded. On July 2nd of 1995, it only took two and a half hours for jurors to decide that Susan Smith was indeed guilty of two counts of murder and the deaths of Alex and Michael Smith. After finding Susan Smith guilty for both of the boys, it was then time for the sentencing phase. Um, Susan Smith was ultimately sentenced to life in prison and is currently serving this life sentence in Lathe Correctional Institution in Greenwood, South Carolina. This life sentence allows Susan Smith to be up for parole in November of 2024 after only serving 30 years for the murder of her two sons. Since being convicted and sentenced to prison, Susan Smith has been in trouble a few for a few different things. Um, she's actually gotten in trouble for sleeping with two different officers while she was incarcerated. The first one that came out was in the year 2000. Um, this is an affair that she had with Houston Cagle. He was a guard um, who was at the facility where she was incarcerated. He was 50 years old at the time and she was 28. Um, he pled guilty and he served three months in jail. The second affair to come out though was actually the following year in 2001. Um, this affair was with Captain Alfred Rowe, who was sentenced to five years probation. Um, she's also been in trouble and has been reprimanded for drugs and self-harm. She's had at least five infractions between 2010 and 2019, and she's had medical treatment at least six times in the past few years, um, as well as, according to an article in People Magazine, back in October of 2019, um, Despite these violations that Susan Smith is having while incarcerated, 
they are not affecting her release date. And they're stating that um, actually a former correctional officer in South Carolina stated that she'll be eligible for parole in 2024 still, regardless of the infractions that she's had while in prison. Um, now that we have discussed what happened on that tragic day, when Michael and Alex Smith were taken from this world much too soon and they lost their lives at the hand of their own mother, I wanted to kind of go over some thoughts of my own. Um, but as always, make sure to do research yourself um, and base your own opinions on your own research that you find. So, of course, there's a ton of information out there on this case. There's a lot of interviews. There's, you know, public records, news articles, and a lot of things. So, um, of course, like I mentioned before, make sure to do your own research in this. But um, I remember when this actually happened when I was a little girl, um, which drew me to this case in the first place of wanting to cover it. My perception on it has changed quite a bit from when I was younger and finding out about this case. Um, you know, it's a little bit, you can understand some more of the psychology behind things and what's going on, um, and what was going on with Susan Smith and her life. Um, I truly think that she was mentally unstable. I think that she had a lot of mental health issues. I don't necessarily think that she should have been a mother in the first place, that she should have given those children up to somebody that truly wanted them and that wouldn't make the decision to base their lives on whether or not a man wanted children. Um, but you know, regardless, I don't understand why anyone, much less a mother could ever take the lives of her children. Um, it doesn't really matter the motive behind it, you know, and what happened or why she did it. It's still unacceptable and it's horrific and it's disgusting. But, you know, I do have a little bit of sympathy for Susan Smith and what she went through. You know, I think that, you know, losing, you know, having her parents divorce at a young age, Losing her father when she was six years old. She tried to commit suicide when she was 13. She obviously never got the help that she needed mentally to, you know, fix her issues. And then, you know, her stepfather molests her. There's so many things that have, you know, gone on in this woman's life. And I feel bad for that. But nothing justifies taking the life of a child. Susan Smith claims that, you know... Her relationship ending with Tom Finley had nothing to do with her murdering the boys and killing her children, that it was just a failed suicide attempt and that she doesn't know what was going through her head and why she killed her kids. You know, she never really gave a thought behind that. My opinion, that's the only reason she did it. Susan Smith was mentally unstable. She'd had, you know, her father left her life when she was six years old. She, you know, saw her parents divorce. She had another man that she was supposed to trust that didn't take care of her. You know, she got married and then things didn't work out with him. There were always these affairs with other men and being, you know, it was just, there were a lot of issues there behind things. But I think ultimately Susan Smith wanted a relationship with Tom Finley and he didn't want kids. And the only way that she saw out of that to have a relationship with him was to kill her sons, come up with some crazy ass story saying that, oh yeah, it was somebody that, that took my car, took my boys and I just pray that they're coming home. No, you did it and you're sick. It sounds like a lot of the things between her mental instability the relationships, her life was all in shambles. And with things not working out with anybody that she'd ever been in a relationship with, I think these were things that just sent her over the edge. And it's just, you know, I think maybe too, she had feelings of remorse that she couldn't make things work out with her son's father as well with David. I honestly think that Susan Smith thought that life without the boys would be much easier. It wouldn't be as complicated. She wouldn't have failed marriages and, you know, being a single mother and trying to find somebody to love her despite all of this, you know, or maybe she thought she couldn't be the mother that the boys needed anymore. But why in that case were her last actions as a mother to kill her two boys? 
why not take the boys to her mom's house like she claimed that she was going out for a drive and was going to stop by her mother's house? Why didn't she take the boys to her mom and say, look, mom, I'm having trouble. You know, she'd been known to talk to her mom about problems before. Why couldn't she have said, you know, I'm having issues. I'm very depressed. I'm thinking of ending it. And I don't want the boys to be in that situation. Why couldn't she have, you know, had somebody watch them for her instead of putting them in harm's way? You know, why not just tell anyone that she needed some help? It's just crazy. It's crazy to me that, you know, someone could find it that her only choice was to kill her two sons. It's ridiculous. I just, I can't fathom it. And I don't think many of us can. I honestly think that what she did that night was despicable and sick and that she deserves to spend the rest of her life in prison. I don't think there's any excuse for what she did. It doesn't matter. The fact is, she did it. And then she lied about it for nine days, wasting resources and blaming innocent people for her dirty work. Um, it's just baffling to me that a mother could do this to her children instead of doing what was needed and getting them to a safe place and keeping them from harm's way. But, you know, much like the rest of the world, we may never know what truly was going on in her mind that day that she thought the only way to deal with it was the most heartbreaking and tragic way to take the lives of two innocent boys. Anyways, guys, I hope that going over this case maybe illuminated some new things for you guys. Um, some new information, as always, make sure to research on your own. Take a look at, you know, some of the evidence, the stuff that was presented in court, interviews, etc. It's all out there for you. I'd love to hear your thoughts um, in the comments below. Do you think that Tom Finley was the reason that Susan did this? Do you think it was some of the mental anguish that she was going through? Do you think it was a combination? What do you think? Do you think that she planned doing this to them to get rid of them and to not have to deal with having children? What are your thoughts? Oh, before I go, make sure to hit that subscribe button and that notification bell so that you're notified every time that I upload a new video. And until next time, my mystery lovers, bye.